Hey, it's Memes. I'm a former makeup artist, and you're listening to Swatch of Horrors, where we talk beauty horror stories told by beauty professionals. Today, we're talking about some things you're going to want to do at the workplace, especially if you work at a makeup counter, if you're a hairstylist, just if you work in the beauty industry in general, especially with clients, when people you're face-to-face with or in really close proximity with. I know it sounds like common sense to some of you, but trust me, you would be surprised. So stay tuned. of Horrors. I'm looking for a nude or pink or red I'm actually home alone for the first time in a really long time and I, I'm not typically by myself. I usually have people here in my house living and whatnot, but yes, I thought I'd take advantage of the alone time. My dog is in a kennel right now. I know that sounds maybe bad, but it's not. He likes in there. And um, if I'm recording and he's around, it, sometimes he's not very quiet. So... Uh, yeah, he's, he needs a break in the kennel right now. So, um, I haven't really been okay in the last few days mentally. And I sometimes spiral into, like, my anxious thoughts. And it's, it's very, like, doom, or, doom and gloom outlook on things like I my mind convinces me like I convince myself that the worst possible scenario is happening based off of little to no proof and I'm aware of this I tell my husband this and he has been very supportive of me and sometimes I try to do this alone and I know he um he's able to like call me out on that and and really stress that he's here for me if I let him and I need to do that more often. But, um, I grew up very independent, uh, not saying that my parents weren't there for me, but I, I grew up to rely a lot on myself to survive in some ways, maybe survive mentally, not so much physically. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I had a horrible childhood, but I, I was very self-sufficient in, in many different areas of my life. And that could be good, that could be bad. And so I try to get through things by myself. And that doesn't always work. Because it requires me to be vulnerable, it requires me to speak the words out loud. And hearing myself say things out loud sometimes is very hard to hear but at the same time sometimes it's needed for me to move past it and to heal I take my health pretty seriously I mean I'm not not a vegan I'm not a vegetarian I don't 
I'm not on a strict diet. Like, I don't believe in diets, honestly. I believe in making better lifestyle changes that are attainable and realistic. I believe in moderation. And, you know, I'm not the fittest person in the world, but I know what my body's capable of. And I don't, I'm not the best at being healthy. Let's just say that physically. Uh, but I've made some changes. You know, I, I ebb and flow a lot with my weight a lot. And in the last few weeks, I've really gone back to weightlifting at home and in between, like, you know, if I sit at my desk all day, I'm getting up and let's do a couple reps after lunch, um, making sure I'm getting my steps in as much as possible. I, a good day is like 6,000 steps or more. So when I have something that is going on with my body, I mean, usually it's some sort of chronic pain here and there. I am not formally diagnosed with any sort of autoimmune disease or anything like that, um, that I know of. And I know, like, like I've said before, uh, I've have, I have arthritis in my knees. I've had that for a really long time. I'm in my thirties now, and I've had this since my early twenties, believe it or not. It's just kind of the mechanics of my body of how I'm built that just predisposed me to that. And I get by, you know, and there's things that I can do physically, like, uh, physical therapy exercises at home that I remember that do help me uh, keep the pain at bay as much as possible. And I'm, it's just part of my everyday life. Like I don't really notice it unless it really bothers me, which is once in a while. And when I noticed some of these other symptoms happening recently in my body, I was like, well, this is kind of weird. I don't know that I've really felt this before, maybe a few years ago. And I start going into the doom, Googling doom spiral, like whatever you want to call it. And I start looking into symptoms. And of course, anyone who has anxiety, you probably really shouldn't do that. It's not recommended because you're just going to freak yourself out. And that's exactly what I do. I went to the doctor and told them my concerns and um, I got my blood drawn and I'm it's going to be a long two weeks, honestly, but I'm just going to put it, my, put it up to God or whoever, like obviously God in my case, not whomever, um, cause that's who I believe in, but who, whoever you believe in, that's, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And there's nothing I can do besides do my best to make healthy choices for my body, move my body every day. Um, lose some weight, not for vanity reasons. I literally need to lose weight for my health. Those are things that I can do and I can't do anything else besides that, besides waiting for my results. And the blood test will be very telling, I'm sure. I did tell her to um, add in some sort of like marker for um, autoimmune, I think it's called like ANA, uh, they can test for something. I mean, I didn't look into that 100%, but I know that's something they can test for. Another thing about, like, my anxiety is, like, I start to see stuff fall, uh, coming up on my feed on TikTok. And that's, like, my guilty pleasure is TikTok. And the algorithm, sometimes there's, like, no rhyme or reason to it. 
I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but sometimes I feel like it's really strange how things come up onto your For You page. And then in other times, it, it feels very calculated. It feels so calculated that I feel like sometimes TikTok reads my mind. It's that particular. And sometimes you see this in the comments in videos where people are like, whoa, the algorithm is really specific today. And it's not just for me, it happens to a lot of people. And it's so bizarre that the technology out there, whatever it is, is able to do that. They're able to figure out what's keeping you on the app longer and what topics you're lingering on, I'm sure. This is all me speculating because how else would it know? And then I start seeing things on my feed. A lot of times it's very informative. That's why I like TikTok. It's very informative. Anyone who's like snobbish and acts like they like don't want to be on TikTok is just, they just think it's a dancing app. And it's not. It's grown to be this informative app, but it comes at a cost. You can't believe every single thing that you hear and read and see. But a lot of times it's getting this information as it's happening. And I've seen videos pop videos pop up about, oh, there's a lot of illnesses and other things that are coming about in people who have had COVID. Like four to five months after infection, they're seeing some autoimmune diseases. And I'm not quoting anything in particular, so don't quote me on this. Please do your own research, look into it. I'm just telling you what I've been seeing on my page, whether it's uh, like some truth to it, no truth, partial truth. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Talk to your healthcare provider, blah, blah, blah. Disclaimer. Okay. But they're saying that after COVID, after a certain amount of time, people are developing autoimmune diseases. Um, and we don't know if that's if COVID's awakening something in your body that was dormant before, we don't know if it's giving you this autoimmune thing. There's so many different things that you can get after the fact. And that we're constantly learning about these things. I had it back in October for the very first time. And I have all my shots. And I'm not saying that, okay, the shot is not 100%. Um, doesn't keep you from getting it for the most part now. It's keeps you from getting severe disease. It keeps you from dying. And that's why I have my shots. So knowing what I know or have heard, I'm kind of like, what, October, December, January, February? We're in like five months after COVID now that I've had it. And now I'm starting to notice some of these symptoms. And so all I can do is just go to the doctor, check it out. And I'm waiting. I have to wait for like two weeks. And, um, I wasn't okay yesterday, maybe the day before too, I was not okay. And, and if you throw in an edible in there, like, <laughs> it's not, I know a lot of people use cannabis for like anxiety and help, helping to manage it. And I tried to, to do that as like a holistic approach in terms of, when I say holistic, I mean mind, body, and spiritual, like it's not just my go-to because I need to numb out. It's because, hey, I did my stretches. I did my yoga. I did my like self-reflecting and, um, all right, let's, let's, um, let's have a go at it and 
relax with a gummy or something. That's how I try to do it is, is, is uh, use with intention. I'll be on TikTok or I'll, I'll see something and then the algorithm starts pushing these medical TikToks like somebody very young has cancer or somebody very young has this condition that's not curable and then it just infiltrates my mind and then I start thinking what if that could be me why wouldn't it be me why wouldn't it be why why would I be any different why am I special why am I so special that something would not happen to me I think it's very I think it's very um Maybe it's egotistical to think that nothing like that can happen to you. So then I feel like, of course it it could happen to me. Why wouldn't it? What makes me, why would I be excluded from something like this? Again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, and that's why it's important to know your medical history and who in your family has what. And I'm sure a lot of that has a lot to do with genetics and all that. Again, I don't know, but my grandparents are are in their 80s. They're pretty healthy for being elderly, and my grandpa, like, text messages, like, he's so sharp, and he's so mobile, and, like, that's part of my genetics. I also have, like, some bad genetics, too, from, you know, like, distant relatives, like my aunts, and uncles or great uncles and stuff. I mean, maybe that's too far down the line, but my parents are pretty healthy that I know of. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, but you know, and then, and then when you have anxiety, like I got to look at the facts of what I do know. I know my parents are pretty healthy, I guess. I mean, that's subjective, I guess, or I don't know the whole truth to that, but they seem healthy. I don't have any siblings. My grandparents are pretty healthy. Uh, I had one that passed on 10 years ago, but the remaining grandparents, they're very, very active and healthy. It seems like maybe not all completely active, but they're pretty good. Like you'd be surprised. So then why wouldn't I inherit some of that? Right? I think I'm just kind of using this as like my own therapy sessions. I'm not in therapy right now, which I could, I should be, but I've done my whole I've done so much therapy in the past. Like, I have enough tools. I just need to reach down and use them. And I'm not saying I would never go back. I would love to go back. It's just hasn't been on the top of my list lately because of so many things are going on. So this is me reaching down into my tool belt of all the things I've learned in therapy and verbalizing them out loud, sharing them. Because my goal is if I'm sharing my mental health struggles, maybe somebody is going to hear this and somehow benefit from this. I was telling my cousin who's, who's in the medical field and I was really upset and she's like, stop Googling. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of like hurt that she didn't offer any consolation, but it was like 11 PM. So I'm pretty sure she was out and that's not like her responsibility to console me. I was kind of a little hurt, but at the same time, I was, I realized like, okay, she's probably out. This is not her responsibility to talk me off a ledge. It's my responsibility. Maybe my husband's responsibility to help me, but I'm the one who needs to stop Googling and stop doom scrolling and 
convincing myself that something's real that might not be. It, it just upsets me that people who are young get illnesses. It's very upsetting to me. And that's why I feel like social media can be so awful sometimes. As great as it can be, it can be so awful, especially if you already have some mental health issues like I do. But that's not the app's fault, is it? Or do they, or they must know. They know what keeps you on the app. They know the content you're engaging with. And the more I see these videos of people being sick at such a young age and all these awful diagnoses, it it messes with my head. And the evil part of it is TikTok keeps feeding it to me because I can't, I can't look away. It's a train wreck. So my solution, obviously, is you can hit the not interested button, but also I just have been keeping off the app because it's not serving me. It's robbing me of my time. It's robbing me of my sanity because they know that's what keeps me on is the, these things that I'm watching, the, the medical conditions, and that's not good for me. So I'm taking a break. I'm still on there. So if you want, you can follow me, but I, I don't make a ton of content. And when I do, like I never show my face, which is another thing I might, um, I might be showing my face to a degree pretty soon. I have something uh, planned so that there can be some sort of face. I'm I'm not going to say too much right now because I need to work it out. But uh, it, it, I'm going to keep my anonymity as much as possible. But I still want to have some sort of image for you all to reference. I know you all listen to me on here and not necessarily on the platforms and stuff. So I just wanted to put that out there that that's what's coming up soon. So thanks for listening with me, listening to me, uh, and maybe with me because I'm hearing myself talk these feelings out loud and thoughts and I am better today. I've tried to be, I tried to be productive and clean and declutter, albeit very, very slow and that's where I'm at. So if I'm not really responding to a lot of um, things, that's why. So right into the uh, horror story, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. I appreciate uh, if you've stuck out this long to hear me rant about my uh, my issues. <laughs> if you work really closely to people, actually, if you just talk to people in your day-to-day job, doesn't matter if you're wearing a mask. I mean, it probably would help, but I used to work with people. I used to be a makeup artist. I used to work with people who had really bad breath. And you might think, oh, okay, yeah, I brushed my teeth memes. Like, what the fuck? No, you don't just need to brush your teeth. You honestly, you need to floss. I don't care who you think you are. You have to floss. If you're going to be talking to people, you need to do it. There's no other way. I mean, you could have some gum. You could have mints. That's always helpful to a degree. But if you've got stuff like stuck in your mouth, and, and I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm, I'm really not. 
I'm trying to help everyone who works in the beauty industry and tell you the horrors that I had to experience working with people with bad breath. And I'm like, how, how does someone so, how so pretty, so good looking. And this is not just one person. This is multiple people, especially if you're a smoker, you got to do it. You have to brush, floss, get the mints, get the gum, whatever it is, bring mouthwash to work. Because there are so many people that I worked with that had the worst breath. Like I, I never wanted to talk to them. And sometimes they were really cool people. And I just, I couldn't fathom, like, how do you have a partner? Your man kisses you or your girlfriend kisses you. Or I think it was mostly like, yeah, like your guy kisses you with that breath. Like, bro, how? And if your sales are down or if you're not getting enough clients, I mean, these are things that can help you because no one wants to get their makeup done by somebody who has bad breath. I'm, I'm just still very shocked at how many people had really awful breath. And another tip, if, if you do eat garlic, I mean, garlic is so good. Onion so good. But if you do, you have to, you really got to be considerate of the person you're serving because they're They're there to get a service from you. And if you're like making them feel sick with your breath, like that is so disrespectful on so many levels. Like, especially if you're going to eat something that's super good with all that stuff in it, garlic, onion, stuff that makes your breath stink, you got to do it. So bring the little travel size mouthwash for you. Bring a little travel size toothbrush and just brush your teeth after lunch. That is so helpful. Um, Even if you don't think you have bad breath, like most of the offenders probably don't even know. I mean, you can go nose blind if you don't know what that is. I mean, they did a commercial. I think it was like a Febreze commercial. It's the same thing with fragrance too. And I'm convinced like being nose blind is a real thing. You get used to the smells that are, that you're around. You get used to the smell of your home, the smell of your room the smell of your pets. Who can stink? My dog does stink sometimes and I do my best to keep him clean. But you can get used to that stuff. Same thing with fragrance. Um, If you're servicing somebody, like if you're doing hair, makeup, whatever it is, don't put on a lot of fragrance. Trust me, one spray, unless it's like the Glossier fragrance, which I tried it at Sephora the other day and I'm like, this I barely smell anything, which I guess is the the allure to it, maybe. You don't need more than one spray. I guarantee you. Just do the one spray of perfume and you will be good. I promise. Um, My mom used to drench herself in perfume and it actually, it didn't bother me too much. Some, Some perfumes bothered me. I did work a desk job where someone sprayed so much perfume. Oh God, it was so bad. It gave me such a headache and it was too much. And I'm someone who loves fragrances. Even if you work an office job, like just do the one spray and be done. Scents do travel upwards. So a lot of people, uh, I know my grandma told me back in the day, spray behind your knees. I thought she was just kind of strange, but it really makes sense because if you spray behind your knees, uh, smell does rise. So it will kind of rise up to your nose or someone else's nose. And 
I think it, it just is more of an immersive experience, I think. So yeah, especially if you work in an office job or at the salon or whatever, don't put on so much perfume. It's so rude. And sometimes people are allergic to it. It's not that they don't like the way you smell, but people can get headaches. They can sneeze, which has happened to me. And that's so inconsiderate. That's really not nice. God, especially if you wear a Chanel fragrance. Freaking one spray please like I remember also working with someone else in in an office setting and as soon as she left the bathroom like I knew who it was because it was like Chanel chance that she wore and it was the one that I don't like and it just makes me feel like I'm being suffocated in like musky bo like that's how I see like one of the Chanel chances I forget which one it is um I think that's like the only one I don't really like from them but yeah, especially if it's a Chanel, you only need one spray. And it also reminds me, oh my god, one time I stayed at someone's um, place. It was a girlfriend, and as soon as I walked into her place, I was met with the smell. I, I can't even explain the smell. It was like musk. Like, damp, musk, um old garage sale dead person's clothes in a box that have been sitting in the attic. I don't know what it was. Mothballs. It was, God, it was so awful. I don't know how I was able to sleep. My eyes were like watering because it, the whole place like smelled. And I'm so paranoid of my house smelling like, like anything. Shit. I don't know what my house smells like, but this isn't a house cleaning podcast, but Apparently, this is a little fact that I learned, dust does, uh, when dust accumulates, I mean, dust can contribute to smells. So now, like, if I want my house to smell even better, like, I think, okay, look at the ceiling fan. It's fucking gross. It's covered in dust. Like, let's get a pillowcase and dust each fan blade off because that will probably help with the smell of your house. So that's a quick fact. Anyway, back to being nose blind. Even if you think you don't have bad breath, you just might. You could because you're so used to yourself. You're so used to the way you smell. You might just be saying, well, I don't need to floss. No, you fucking do need to floss. I don't care if you're some famous person, supermodel, whatever. You need to floss. I don't care how much money is in your bank account. You need to floss. Okay. I don't care if you're the Pope. The Pope needs to floss. It makes the world of a difference. And like I said, it's the, the more respectable thing to do, not only for yourself, but for the person that you're going to be around and servicing. People don't pay to suffer in stink. And that's all I have to say on that. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I still need to fix the art on um, Apple Podcasts, so I have a new um, podcast art logo thing that's not showing up yet but i'll get it up there so so you'll notice it soon on apple podcast when i get it to work somehow thanks again for listening this is memes i'm a former makeup artist and you're listening to swatch of horrors